On today's episode of the Happy Clients Podcast, we are so excited to welcome Amanda Perry, a agency owner and friend of ours at Dot & Co. Just to fill you in a little bit about Amanda's agency called Soup. They are a digital marketing agency based over in the UK, and they specialize in results-driven performance marketing for e-com brands. They have an in-house team of 27 people and they have grown significantly over the last year. Welcome to the Happy Clients Podcast, brought to you by Dot and Company. Whether you're a virtual assistant, an agency owner, or a client-facing account manager, we all deal with clients. Lucky for you, client management is what we do best. Now, let's dig in. Chat cam life and have some fun along the way. Here's to happy clients. On today's episode, we are going to dig into how Amanda has grown her agency from the ground up, from bankruptcy to successful agency and everything in between. So let's get started. Walk us through kind of the last two years and how you've taken it from just you to a huge team. Yeah, so I mean, two years would have been, I went to New Zealand to work with Kat in 2019. So I, I kind of say that the, the business that Soup started really in like May of 2019. So May of 2019, there was two of us, which we grew to a team of five, I think. I think there was four or five of us kind of by the Christmas, Christmas 2019 coming into 2020 so certainly what I definitely know is that in March of 2020 when the whole of the UK went into Mm -hmm. lockdown there was five of us we left the offices five and um, and we go back as a team of 27 so that period of being working from home the world being in chaos you know the world being in but certainly our individual countries you know we felt it on kind of a more national level didn't we um of just being absolutely in turmoil like no one knew what was going to happen or we we kind of left the office thinking this could be it you know we could just lose all of our clients overnight and obviously we knew that if the high street shops were going to close people would be shopping online but we didn't even really know how well we certainly didn't know how long it would be for or what those um what that kind of ripple effect would be so we we kind of left the office thinking maybe this is it maybe you know we have to think of something else and then what really really quickly happened over the next couple of months was we just I was going to say we couldn't keep up but we could keep up we were just kind of I think there was one day we got 25 like 25 leads in and we were just it was just non-stop and we so we were just hiring and we were lucky I guess in that we found amazing people to hire and we made some mistakes and there were some people that came and went I think at one point we got up to 30 and now we're down to 27 um and you have to make those decisions really quickly when you're working remotely because luckily we have the system set up and the processes that tell us really quickly if someone isn't up to speed and if they're not doing you know the work that they're meant to be doing um, and you have to act on that really quickly when you're working remotely, which isn't always easy. And, you know, you can't do the kind of softer stuff that you might do if you're face to face. Yeah, but we just carried on growing through the year to the point now where we we are lo- looking at starting to go back to the office, a team of 27. So we need some new desks. <laughs> 
<laughs> so how did you decide like to keep hiring? Was it you were having so many leads coming in that it was just like you were just kind of continuing to grow based on that or how did you kind of know? Yeah, I mean, we've never I've I've never had a plan. There's never really been a plan. I've like in 2019 when I was thinking of growing the agency and I thought it'd be really nice to have a team of 10 and just kind of have a really manageable team and keep the the client numbers low and you know, do a really great job on each one. And then everything just went into into kind of disarray last year and and by not having a plan although a team of 10 was the kind of loose plan by not having a plan we were just able to take the opportunities as they came up and we we were consistent with only taking on the right clients you know people that that were a good fit for us that could keep up with the growth that it was going to work for that the numbers would work for um so we didn't stray from our ethics or anything like that it wasn't a case of taking everything that came to us but demand was just so high that we were then um filling positions based on you know we have a budget allocation for for labor and so it's funny in agencies as you'll know because you're always you're always slightly ahead of budget because you're like hiring a couple trying to hire a month or so before you're going to need someone to get them in and trained and hitting the ground running so it was kind of chicken and egg with that we were playing catch up with that a bit but we made some really really great hires and and I guess at a time when everyone else is laying people or a lot of other agencies even you know a lot of PR agencies traditional ad agencies were laying people off we we were able to to help them and you know make some really good hires yeah you snatched them up yeah and just to piggyback on that amanda let everybody know that there's you and debbie and then kind of what was like the next sort of organic hire that you guys had to lean into so so the team at the moment is is debbie and i so debbie's our md debbie and i worked together in one of my previous businesses what that was that completely failed and ended up bankrupt from and she um had to leave the business in the end because it was just so chaotic and the wheels were coming off so she left we didn't see each other for five years and then we bumped into each other and I was telling her about the business and she was like oh it sounds really exciting (laughs) and so she came and joined me she was my first hire and there wasn't really a job title it was just come and help like I need someone to keep me organized and help me out I'm good with like the ads and the marketing but come and you know talk to the clients keep me organized and then so within within a year maybe 14 15 months she was MD of the company and then underneath that we have like head of strategy a product manager production manager and then sales and account management but thinking about our first so our first hire after Debbie was Marley who's an intern who's now our kind of tech manager and looks after all of our systems she did a three-month internship with us and then she's progressed really well and then after that it was more sales sales and delivery roles so sales and then then building out the um the ad management team yeah and now we've got an ad management team content management and who handle all the emails and and creative as well and yeah the account management team and the sales team so 
yeah we've got um we've got a lot going on <laughs> sounds like you've just you've trusted your gut in terms of hiring for the needs of the business rather than mapping out specific job descriptions before you even knew if you needed them yeah I think yeah. it's it's yeah it's very it's very instinctive which for me is great but for the team isn't so great because I'll just go we'll be kind of moving in one direction I'll, I'll go I've, I've got it it's just it's all clicked into place I know it, and they're like oh god what now what's <laughs> changing now so it's like this constant process of getting us to where we need to be and and honestly I you know when you talk about the the six-year burnout and stuff I just don't feel any of that Debbie is so she is such an integrator and I am such a you know the visionary kind of role that we're we're literally like two sides of of one brain I'm I'm so grateful that I have that person in the business because I I don't know how people do everything I I talk to other agency owners who someone I was talking to the other day who's doing 50k months and there's just them and contractors and they're they're doing the sales and account management and and even dealing with the contractors the con a lot of the contractors don't care in the way that he does you know so so it, it's difficult I'm I'm very very grateful that I have Debbie by my side and also such a such a brilliant team mm -hmm. love that <laughs> are you still doing your podcast well, I'm just about to bring it back. So my podcast has had three or four different guises. So when I first launched my like first podcast, it did so well. I was I got to like number two of the UK entrepreneur charts, just right under Gary V. I don't know how <laughs> it happened. It's quite every week it was like number two or number eight, or it was really and then I just, I don't know, I just kind of lost this energy around it, which people tend to do with podcasts. You kind of start off really, really excited and then it just peters out a bit. And it, it's, it's a lot of work, isn't it? It's a lot of work to promote and, you know, the recording and editing is is kind of the easy bit. Um, Even so like I've new had a, content and everything, like coming up with new ideas. and yeah. Yeah, especially when, because you do some episodes that's just the two of you, don't you? They're not yeah. all interviews. Yeah. Yeah, yeah those mm -hmm. ones are really, I mean, it's not so bad when there's two of you, but when it's just you and you're like, right, yeah. okay, I'm going to yeah. do like half an hour of just me talking now, which is, yeah, not, yeah. not um, always the best, but they, they do do well. Like the solo shows do well, but I'm just about to come back with a um, new podcast called The Work-Life Blend. So it's this idea of how as uh, entrepreneurs, business owners, founders, we, you know, this old idea of the work-life balance where make sure you finish work at five so that you can then enjoy your life after five o'clock. And it's this idea of us, you know, blending our life and work so that we just enjoy our life all the time. You know, we love our work. We love, love our life. And it all kind of becomes one thing. Yep. We're going to um, make our future cans listen to that. Yeah, that'd be yeah. a good one. Because <laughs> we always struggle, like, it's not like you don't, like, flexible life doesn't mean, like, you're not working hard. Like, we, we work really hard, but it's just, yeah, like, maybe it's just, like, different hours, or you don't have yeah. to take a day off for a doctor's appointment, or, you know, exactly. if kids are home from school, you have to work at night. And yeah, that's flexibility. It's not like, you know, we're running 
to the gym and to shopping and exactly yeah yeah no I think I think yeah flexible working definitely but I think when you're when it's when it's your business it's so important to we talk about kind of building this life vision don't we and building this and so many founders entrepreneurs find themselves just stuck in that grind of just like almost hating it almost hating their business and it's it shouldn't really be like that there should be I've had businesses that I've hated in the past and now that I've got one that I love and I feel completely fulfilled by and I some days I will work 18 hours some days I'll work three hours you know some weekends I'll work right the way through and but but that's really rare like I haven't it's this idea of living your life between 5 p.m and 9 a.m and then just living for the weekends you know it's life's too short isn't it Mm -hmm. and I feel like especially in the entrepreneur founder world there's a lot of talk about this lately of like I was on this mastermind call last night where they talked about the life cycle of a founder and how after six years, most founders just burn out and they just can't take it any longer unless you hire someone to kind of run the business side of it, just because it's not just a business. If you founder, if you're the founder, it's, it's your ego, it's your baby, it's everything you have it's your reputation it's all these things it's your it's, identity isn't it's it your, it's yeah. Your identity. yeah yeah it's more than just a job right mm. and it's really interesting to think about that and how that kind of translates into how you live your day-to-day because yeah. as the founder it's like you feel like you you have to be a part of every piece of the puzzle when yeah. you're just a glorified bottleneck and yeah. like it's it's really hard. And I think your pod, your new podcast coming out, I'm sure you'll touch on that, but it's kind of like, I'm finding for myself, like you're go, you go through phases where it's like, oh, this is really, really fun. Da, da, da. And then you grow a team and you're like, oh my, what do I do with all these people? Like, yeah. it's just like this weight. And like, I think it's really important to understand that it's, you're not alone. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think did you read rocket fuel were you have you read it yeah it's it's that isn't it it's that idea that you can't you can't be everything to everyone and if you're a visionary the chances are is that you're one person you're never going to have a management team everyone's just going to report to you because you won't you won't give up control you won't allow them to and once and if you're just an integrator everything's going to become so process driven that there's no creativity and no fun left in it so it's kind of having that balance isn't it and and we've been through god you know we've we've been through huge growth in the last year and with that comes growing pains not necessarily at the time but now that we're starting to come out of out of lockdown we've we're kind of suffering from a bit of whiplash where we're like wow that was a lot wasn't it (laughs) now we need to kind of settle down and you know plan the next stage of growth so yeah yeah it's um it's definitely a worldwide yeah so I want to hear more about your course and how you how you kind of funnel people through to your agency because I know you have some services that come before that yeah so we have a DIY package and then a done with you and a done for you. So the DIY is our, it's called the Ecom Growth Hub. And it is a, a course where, so it's we say it's the three C's. So it's the course, coaching, community. So 
there's like a 11 module course which is everything you need to know about growing an e-com business so everything from your website what your website should be like site load aesthetics all that kind of thing right through to content email marketing seo pr ads of course analytics like how to understand it so we teach them everything we need to know and then we have ad troubleshooting calls where the the suit team will take calls with them every day we have one call a day and then we have there's in total like 50 calls across the month so we have loads of other coaches doing everything from Instagram to influencer to PR, SEO. Um, so that's very much like, I would say the majority of people in there, we have like 600 people in there, 600 businesses in there. And I would say that they are like one to 10K revenue. There's some that are way more than that, that, that are just in there and love the support. So a lot of them will never move through to soup. They'll never come through to the agency. But in between that, we do have a done with you package, which is the the hub. So they get access to the hub and the course, but then one to one ads calls. So they're not kind of waiting on the calls for support. They get half an hour a week with an ad manager. We're in their business account, business manager, and we're sending them weekly reports and so basically treating them as if they're a client, but they're doing the work, you know, we're just giving them, giving them the weekly support. And then, and then we have soup, which is the, the full done for you package. Wow. Cool. So how many people would you say go from just the hub into done with you and then with you to soup? We don't have, uh, we don't have accurate data on it yet because we keep changing the done with you package. We're still trying Mm. to get it right. and We've just completely revamped it. But certainly we get 50% of our soup leads come from the hub. So I don't actually know the conversion rate that way, but certainly in in terms of leads, 50% come from the hub and 50% of our done with you package, which is called soup light also come from the hub so yeah it's a huge source it wasn't really intentional it wasn't some kind of master plan but the reason that I that I developed the hub was because we were getting so many people coming to the agency that that just couldn't afford our services and you know we couldn't help it wouldn't be fair for us to take on they don't have the operations or the infrastructure or the the finance to to really be able to scale their business right now a proportion of them that do go in there and do manage to do that and then come to the agency there's also a huge number of them that go in there and have you know have no intention of ever using an agency they like doing it themselves they just want to know how to do it properly and that that community is is so valuable to people Mm -hmm. I love that remote too because while you know there's so many perks to working remote and kind of in your home but also to have that sort of lifeline when you need it is so important. And I can imagine people, yeah, there's probably like people that hop in there maybe once a month or something, but you know, just to like use it to its full potential would be really awesome. Yeah, definitely. And it's really interesting to see the kind of um, evolution of the community in there as well, because it started off very much like, can I need help with my ads and, you know, talking about the course. And now I would say 80% of the questions are about 
hiring or you know postage charges or registering for taxes or you know those the things that we don't really cover in there but they have this pool of small businesses Mm -hmm. who someone's going to know the answer to that someone's going to be have been through it had to you know go through registering barcodes or whatever it is there's, (laughs) there's nothing to do with the course or the purpose of them being there but it's it's this really nice kind of almost self-sufficient community. It's, yeah. yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, I like that. That's cool. So I, <laughs> I just want to touch on like growing an agency. Obviously, there's a lot of parts and it takes a mindset of growth and not being scared to grow. So any advice for agency owners, i.e. us, in this growth phase of just kind of taking it from maybe like a team of eight to that next kind of big jump and just like going for it. So any advice? It's a, it's a really difficult one, isn't it? Because honestly, if, if COVID hadn't have happened, who would know, who knows where we would be? I, I don't think we'd have a team of 27, maybe 20 or 18 or something. I think my thoughts on growth are, it's like a, a cross of, timing and opportunity isn't it like when you think about luck and what part luck has to play in it so I think I'm lucky in the sense that I don't have children I don't have other commitments I've been able to work on this 24 7 if I needed to you know a lot of people when there are other commitments don't have that I think that I have been lucky again in finding a great team and being able to build that and I wouldn't have been able to build that without that really strong foundational team in terms of my mindset I did I've done a load of mindset work with loads of different people and a few years I did quite a lot of money mindset work and realized that I was really really holding myself back and there was quite a lot of work I went through there realizing that because I've been through this bankruptcy and I was really sort of limiting myself and had a lot of anxiety around money so freeing up a lot of those blocks definitely helped but I do think that the mindset stuff will only get you a certain way like you do you do have to have a growth mindset but that for me is about being positive and being open to opportunity and it's not about Uh, meditating and rubbing crystals you know it's just about being kind of excited and curious and positive and open to networking and you know the whole thing about imposter syndrome is it is it imposter syndrome or is it just that we're pushing our comfort zones and that's always going to feel uncomfortable isn't it like growing if you're growing you're always gonna you're always gonna be in a position where you don't know what you're doing but you're kind of learning it as you go along. So I think there's a lot of really damaging language around female growth in business. And there's a lot of, you know, the the coaching world in particular has coined a lot of these phrases and, and kind of feed them back to us as women to, to keep us like buying more and learning more. And, you know, mindset's a huge one, isn't it? Mindset's such a a broad term it applies to so many things and can apply to so many things for me definitely it's about staying positive staying grateful that's a huge one like I'm so I never take anything I have for granted and I guess being confident in your ability I see so many people that are so scared of 
not only failure but really scared of success like really if they were really honest with themselves what what if it was successful would I be able to look after the kids or would I be able to be a good wife or friend or you know there's there's so much in it isn't there I think it's really it's really difficult to kind of give blanket advice but yeah certainly for me it's about staying positive grateful and 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 abundant I guess is the staying out of that comparison and staying abundant and knowing being really confident that there's there's plenty to go around you know there's so many agencies in the world if you if you had that that fear of competition you'd just never get started would you love that best advice we could have ever asked for (laughs) we're just over here taking notes (laughs) but I it's 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 so yeah so relatable right it's like you just you can't be scared you have to there's risks in everything you do there's risks in not doing something and if you're not confident like you know we both are confident in our businesses and we know that we do great work and super confident in what we do we just have to think about the positives more than the negatives and I think yeah reminder yeah and I think there's some really good I saw someone saying the other day about it was a really good reframe around putting content out which is actually quite it was quite a good kind of metaphor for business in general and he was saying that most people are, are scared to put content. He was talking about LinkedIn specifically. Most people are scared to put content out because they think, what if no one engages with it? What if no one likes or comments? But he said, I think of it the other way. I think what an amazing opportunity for you to hone your your voice and create your kind of lane online and your personal brand while no one's looking like what an amazing opportunity to be able to do that and really practice what you want to talk about and how you want to talk about it and be confident in that so I think there's so many there's so many reframes that we can make isn't there where we're thinking oh you know a podcast is a great example what if no one listens to it well so what if they do if they don't you know we've created it we've put it out it's content it's great for your development it's you know great for kind of having out there for clients to listen to and I think I think so many people are stuck in that that fear of failure I guess or fear of the unknown that they just they just never get off the starting blocks which is such a shame Mm -hmm. yeah so true. I have a question and it's a little, it's kind of reverting back, but we'll, we can, I guess we'll go there, but I kind of wanted to know like the avatar of, I guess the end avatar is like somebody who's in soup, like working with you that 50%, but like, where did they start from? Like, if we kind of go back, like, how does that avatar kind of come in, maybe goes to the hub? Like, how does that person, like, who are they? And, and I, I guess maybe like the evolution of it all. Yeah, yeah. So I think of it in terms of our content. So the the hub people are definitely on Instagram. So last year, I did a really big push on my Instagram. And I grew it from 2000 followers to 18 and 18 and a half or something. And, and that's but and I spent a lot of time on it. And a lot of organically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way to go. 
Yeah, so I, I spent a lot of time doing that. And and that is because the hub people are on there. They're on there and they're, they're desperate for help, you know. They're really overwhelmed in their businesses. They're probably selling on Etsy, maybe have just started a website or maybe have a website but haven't really mastered that. You know, they're, they're the typical person that would say, right, website, check you know right. launch the website and then just wait for sales and don't don't have that e-commerce mindset where they they don't understand the the art of driving traffic to their website that's that's really where they are soup clients are much more on linkedin which i am not i'm trying to get into it i'm not a huge <laughs> fan of it at all but our soup clients are much more on there some of them are on LinkedIn, the the higher, we don't tend to go for the bigger brands. We're, we're doing some work with some big brands now, but we don't tend to go for the bigger brands. We tend to go for the 20 to 50K a month kind of e-commerce brands and always founder-led. We love working with founder-led brands and, you know, having that direct impact on their life and rather than them reporting you know increased um share value to the board they're they're kind of telling their kids or you know having a better christmas or buying their kids better toys and putting mm. better food on the table um so it's always founder-led brands and it's just where we it's where we catch them so we are looking at the moment of how do we not increase the value of our clients to us but how do we go after those bigger projects and those clients that do want to scale and want to scale quicker mm -hmm. and they're not really on Facebook we're our strategies that used to work for lead gen aren't really working anymore for that so we're having a big overhaul in terms of our lead gen lead gen strategy but certainly the hub hub people are on Instagram they want help they want that guidance and they want that one person to listen to they've they've really got wise to the fact that every like everyone can be right but everyone's going to tell you something different and that is even more confusing mm -hmm. like pick one person <laughs> that you trust do your homework but pick one person and listen to them because I'll say something someone else will say something and and they're all right but they're just different different approaches and and that can be even more confusing than mm. than trying to work it out yourself <laughs> yeah. and I think you you made a really good point Katie saying you know work like remote working we're doing now aren't we but a lot of these people do it they're in their bedroom or their home office or a spare room or their kitchen table and it's really lonely and really overwhelming when you're seeing people who are talking about this stuff like you know when you start looking at hiring and you've got pensions and taxes and HR policies and all of this and these people didn't go into business to be a lawyer and a, a HR specialist and an accountant and a you know tax professional they went in because they love knitting tea cozies at their, their kitchen <laughs> table or they love creating soap or candles or you know whatever their product is food products whatever it is um, and it can just be so overwhelming and it's and that's not that's not them being stupid or not being capable it just is very there's a lot that you have to do and there's a lot you can get wrong you can in business you can get into trouble quite quickly and and you don't even know you're walking into it well right. I definitely feel like 
Amanda, you've learned from the best. You're becoming the best. Maybe you already are the uh, best. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. Some definite, some definite great takeaways. And I know yeah. both Taylor and I learned something. I'm sure you did, Taylor, but yeah. it's so nice <laughs> to kind of even speak with people that that like understand and are open to like different processes and different you know, kind of paths along the way, which yeah. is really inspiring because yeah, not everybody's going to take the same path and no. it looks different. And, and there's no like magic formula to be Yeah. I don't successful. think there is even. Yeah. No, yeah. there isn't. I think, yeah. I always think it's funny when people have this kind of really set path, you know, even when you're saying about mindset and I think, I wish I had something really concrete to tell you. I wish I said, yeah, I, you know, get up at 4am and I have a green juice and then I journal for an hour and then I do my meditation. Then, But it's, it's just not that, is it? It's just things aren't neatly packaged like that. It's, I think our growth is a combination of luck and timing and my kind of, yeah, my mindset and my, my desire to grow a business and my knowledge and understanding. And it's kind of the... I really I love the Steve Jobs quote where he says you can only join the dots looking backwards and when I look back at my business 10 years ago when I was bankrupt and it was the worst thing that could have happened to me but now looking back I'm not going to say it was the best thing because it was (laughs) it was horrendous but you learn so much and you develop so much grit and resilience from from events like that and from those failures that you you do have a different approach the next time it's that that's experience isn't it it's not having all the answers it's just having a different approach like approaching something with this kind of like a different lens I guess Mm -hmm. um so I wish there was a concrete answer but it's it's a mixture of all of those things isn't it yeah I'm not waking up at 4 a.m. having a green juice. (laughs) That's for sure. No. No. I'm waking up at 4 a.m. for no one. No. No. (laughs) Well, Amanda, thank you so much for coming on our podcast. And it's so good to reconnect after a year and a half and just see how both of our businesses have changed so much and grown. That we like put a timestamp on that. That was the quickest year, quickest and longest. Thanks, COVID. But it was a quick year and a half since we spoke so well, thanks so it? much amanda you've always been top of our list we've always been like gotta get amanda gotta get amanda oh, <laughs> oh that's so good to know oh thank you well thanks for asking me and thanks for the great questions yeah, yeah. we'll have you on again <laughs> <laughs> until next time cheers to happy clients